It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I am Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. I'm at my house today, Gordon, due to the inclement weather in Austin, Texas. Still a lot of ice on the roads. Played it safe, but happy to be with you. How's your thermostat? What's it set to? Yo, I figured it out. I figured out the thermostat. I was very worried all week long because for those who don't know, it's very cold in Texas right now. And we don't handle cold well based on history, mm-hmm. but one, a tree fell down and hit my house, but my house survived, oh. so that's good. But two, Jeez. I figured out the thermostat. So I have two thermostats. I have one on the bottom floor and one on the top floor. And so what I do is I'm setting the bottom floor to heat and the top floor to cold because heat rises, right? So oh, I heat up the bottom Gordon. floor and it rises and then I cool the top floor and then the equilibrium's out. So right now I'm heating the bottom floor at 70 degrees. Yeah. And I am cooling the top floor at 72. But you know what happens? The bottom floor stays 70 and the top floor goes to 76. Like, because it can't cool uh-huh. fast enough. So it's this constant equilibriuming and it's perfect. When you said, I hey, out. I figured out the thermostat, I thought that meant you actually figured out the thermostat. And then you just said, you explained no. how you hadn't figured out the thermostat yet. I figured your, out how to I, heat a house because your house is different... new enough. I think you have yeah. good, I think you have good circulation in your house. I think you have, I don't think you need to worry about that. Your house is new. I think it'll take care of itself. Just set it. I think you'll be fine. No, 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 You don't no, need to do all these doesn't. tricks. No, I got to do the tricks. I, I, I had to do the tricks, man. I had to do the tricks. Because when you just only put on heat, it gets really hot. And you're like, oh, are you, are you mostly upstairs. upstairs or downstairs? Both. I sleep upstairs. I'm downstairs yeah. when I'm watching the Olympics and Netflix and stuff like that. So, Okay. You're mobile. All right. 
listen, this podcast uh, is brought to you by Hoka. Hoka just introduced the most advanced spike shoe yet, the Cielo X, with that carbon plate in it. So they're powered by the propulsion of carbon. Cielo MD for mid-distance. Cielo LD made for long distance. Remember, Hoka.com is the website. Uh, Gordon is showing off his white MDs. I have my orange LDs right here. I'm showing you both of the shoes today. Not just one, but both shoes. Gordon. My shoe looks very much bigger than your shoe because of perspective. Looks like I have a giant foot and you have a tiny foot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so we got the carbon plate in here. Next week when we, we're going we're gonna to talk more about them because I got m more of the specs that we'll get into next week. But they got two different models, you know, MD and LD. So you know, one too long ago, Spikes, you kind of like a one-size-fits-all type of setup if you're a distance runner. Now you get the... Got the choices there and the and the carbon plate, of course. So website is uh, hoka.com, hoka.com, hoka.com. Um, Cielo is the name of these spikes, the MD and the LD. And they're available today? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Check them out. Check them out. Also, I want to mention, you can subscribe, obviously, to the FlowTrack podcast channel. You can become a member of the FlowTrack podcast community, get that exclusive content. You can become a member of Gordon's Goons or Kevin's Kings. Right now, I am disappointed to say that Gordon's Goons are leading the pack, but Kevin's Kings are gonna catch up. We got a strong team captain and Tom, who's always in the chat, hopefully he's in the chat today. Uh, shout out Tom. And, and we're gonna come back. This is, this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. We're just in the beginning of indoors. I need to catch Gordon, so. Become a member. You get that exclusive content. Get all the custom badges, the emojis, all that, all that fun stuff. But you get a you get a bonus pod every every month as well too. You're never going to catch me. It's just it's it's just <laughs> ine inevitable. I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm sorry. All right, it's what it is. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. All right, let's start. I, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to talk about something random. Uh, I was I was uh, watching the Olympics. Uh, mm -hmm. Last night, and I was watching women's moguls. You know, moguls, oh, yeah. like, you know, the little mm -hmm. hump thing. And I was like, obviously, when you think of the Winter Olympics, you're thinking of like figure skating, hockey, and stuff. But man, mm -hmm. these, some of these Winter Olympic sports, I keep on thinking, like, what would be, what would be like if like one of our Star Trek athletes tried to do the, like, the moguls? Like, it seemed like very, complicated and hard it's, i was very impressed that's all i had to say mm -hmm. i just want to say as a person who follows a sport where all you gotta do is just run in a circle seeing these winter olympic sports makes you really think like uh like it's a lot simpler to just be a track mm -hmm. athlete than it is to be a winter athlete so anyway i want to point out too in the chat um tampa eagle one a longtime member a member of your team however even though he's a member of gordon's goons says gordon gordo is insane so you know, it's not too late. You know, come to my team. Come to. Do you want to be? Why am I insane? What? What did I they're do? They're talking about your thermostat strategy. If uh, you want someone who has a sound thermostat strategy, someone who's not even going to try to dunk in 2022, go to Kevin's Kings. That's where it's at. All right, we got some stories to discuss here. We got the Ostrava World Indoor Tour, Berlin World Indoor Tour is today. We got some pen relays news. 
a big NCAA transfer. We'll preview the New Balance Indoor Grand Prix on Sunday. And then I want to talk about that football 40-yard dash that they did at the Pro Bowl, featuring none other than 30-time gold medalist Tyreek Hill in that race. <laughs> um, let's start first, though. Uh, Elliot Giles running 335 in Ostrava. Solid mark for him. Um, more of an 800-meter runner moving up in distance here. We know how good he's been indoors in the past. <clears throat> really impressive run from here, seeing the final meters here. If you're watching live on YouTube, held off a strong field to go 335. That British contingent in the 8 and the 15 on the men's side and on the women's side too, but for the purposes of this discussion, just focus on the men, is really tough. It's really tough. And I don't know if this is part of a long-time play, long-term play for Giles, but – Having options in both the 8 and the 15 seems like a smart plan if you're a British man right now because it is a tough, tough team to make. And that 335 slots in behind Kerr and Hoare. They're split from Milrose ahead of Colby Alexander on the yearly list, number three. Yeah, 335 indoors is impressive. Like It is hard to get around that track eight times or seven and a half times to uh... – run 335 mm -hmm. so that's like the equivalent in my opinion of running like a 333 outdoors mm -hmm. and yeah. like i remember when donovan brazier was running his 334 we were like oh my goodness he's ungod he's godly like, he's like there's <laughs> nothing he can't do so for this 800 man from from the uk to be able to do this it's very impressive and it makes yeah. you think like giles maybe Entering his like his peak form, and this could be his sleeper year to you know make a final and potentially medal against you know the top Kenyans and against you know Donovan and all those other guys. Yeah, like I said, it gives him options too. I don't know if he's going to be like, hey, I'm a fifteen hundred meter runner now, but it does it does give you options. And when you're in a country that is that deep, that always that always helps. There's something about certain athletes and in indoors. It just clicks for them. And he's one of those guys. Cause we saw at the beginning of the indoor season last year, just got on a tear and was able to hold it for the whole season. And now he's back 2022 doing the same thing, but in a different distance. So we'll see if he can carry it through, see if he runs world indoors and see if he's able to hold the form into outdoors. Certainly a long way to go until you get to world champs in Eugene, but you'd rather have a good indoor season than a bad indoor season even if it means that you're overperforming in the indoor season. It's a quote of the year. Mm. You'd rather have a good indoor season than a bad indoor season. You know, Gordon, if I ever go into coaching, that might be one of my, one of my main uh, go-to lines to pump people up. Yeah, so he's sixth indoor all-time, according to Statman, John, in the UK. And that's obviously got some big names on that list. So we'll maybe see him move up. I know Josh Kerr, he had a great post about how he was only like two tenths off the, the UK record again for indoors. And he was just a couple tenths off um, for outdoors too. And he's aiming for, for some British records as well. So we'll see exciting times going on right now on the uh, other side of the pond. Here's the, here's the quote from Kerr though. This is great. His Instagram uh, trash talk is pretty unparalleled right now when it comes to mid distance i'm getting good at being 0.2 seconds off british records peter elliott and mo farah that's your final scare next time they're gone so <laughs> two two tenths off both in indoor and and outdoor in the mile what is that facial reaction to like it looks like 
he got like it looks like that you know that meme of like that like that black kid who's like oh uh oh like you caught me you know what i'm talking about Travis, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? He's, like, looking to the left, like, awkward. That's what it looks like. Do you know what I mean? The I awkward think it, kid mean? I mean, it looks like you just got out kicked by Oliver Hort. That's what that looks like. I think that's that, that's what that look is. But, or maybe, Travis, because he's saying... Travis, put, type it. in awkward kid meme. And then put it side by side with Kerr. And you can see what I'm talking about. He looks exactly like him. That's the... Uh... Maybe because he put scare in there, and it, it kind of looks there's like a, a little bit of fear there with the with the hair. I got to yeah, admit, I don't kid. see it. I see it. He's like looking to the left. He's like, oh. I don't think he looks. And then show Is he is he blown away? I, I I think it's more. I don't know. I, that's what I felt like. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, I'm probably wrong. We'll we'll move on. Uh, Berlin it's a Friday pod. It's a Friday pod. World Indoor Tour Berlin. Do you have? a pick or actually i just want a time prediction on marcel jacobs that's really what i mentioned in because by the time this pod goes up it might have already happened so i want you on the record is he running he's on the start list which will be the first appearance let's find those entries let's get proof because we haven't seen this guy since tokyo but he will appear apparently in this race in the 60 at least last i checked Unless it disappeared. If it did, I'm going to be very upset that they changed it. Men's 60. Here we go. We're scrolling. We're scrolling. We're scrolling. There he is. Hey, lane four in heat one. So two heats. Two chances to run if he wants. Jimmy Vico in the other heat. Arthur Cisse in his heat. He's a pretty solid runner as well, too. What do you think Jacobs debuts at? 649 from Coleman. Faster? Slower? 652. Slower. There we go. 652. Oh, crazy. Wait, he put out a schedule? Back. Hold on. He put out a schedule. This is big. It's all Dude, live on flow. Him. Let's see. Is he just going to all the flow track meets? So he's got Berlin, then Poland, then Leven. What's that say? Andona? And then Belgrade. Wow, he's already penciling himself in for World Indoors. There we go. I like the confidence Ooh, there. Dude. The Italian championships. Oh, and Kony. Okay. So he's running five times. He's running five times. Does that make up for the fact that we never saw him after the Olympics? No, but I appreciate the transparency in the schedule. Thank you. Levine, Levine is where, uh, is that where Elaine Thompson Haraz running? Birmingham, where she's going for oh, the Birmingham. record. Birmingham. Yeah. But Levine's really fast too. So there's an opportunity to go quick at all these races. Who has a slow indoor track? Now that I think about it, who's who's thinking, man, this track's kind of dead. <laughs> I mean, probably like the old Millrose track that was just like wooden boards. Well, right, there's but those really, are gone. There's now. some there's some slow tracks. I had there was a track in my high school where it was um, Made of sand. like twenty or twenty five laps to the mile. Yeah, really but I mean short. now upper it was you get dizzy. My coach ran a marathon on it, and it was bad. It was. Yeah, look at this. This is probably a slow track. Look at this track right here. Well, right, but I'm saying we're not running pro meets on there. It feels like everything is standardized now. I ran on some wooden boards back in the day in high school, but now in 2022, I think everything is optimized, and they have the technologies. It's like every track feels like it's quick. Yeah. Actually, that track's not as bad. 
you have to type in like go to like the Cornell track or something like that, which is just a flat like mm-hmm. 180 meter track where you like gonna twist the damn ankle if you run too fast because like mm-hmm. it's just like three lanes and you'll 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 break yourself by turning left. What about yeah, that, that one? Yeah, that one looks like it hurts. Well, the flat flat tracks obviously. No one, no pros are signing up for flat track stuff. Usually, That's true. I mean, unless they're distance runners, but. I guess in the 60, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, if you're like turning right, you know that's a pretty slow track. That wood is pretty slow. The old, the old Melrose one, you're, when they're in Madison Square Garden and it was, what, 15 laps to a mile? Like it was just like they were turning constantly over and over and over and over again. But I'm well, saying now, I feel like everything's standardized now. But the Berlin track actually isn't even a track. It's just a straightaway, right? Because they don't do any turned events. Everything's uh, in the, down the middle. Yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be. Actually, I, I don't know about Berlin, but but I know Levan is fast. Obviously, we talked about BU being fast. Armory sure looks pretty fast. BU is Berlin the fastest. I mean, fast. it's it's not even a question. There's no for track sprints though too. BU. For sprints, yeah, for everything. It's just it's just do you, fast. Do you remember you wanted to do a story about why the BU track is fast? I remember I that. Good Still working on that one. Don't steal that idea, everybody. Gordon's going to get for 30. measuring tape. Uh, Travis says they used to do New York high school champs at Cornell. Look at that. Shot of the Berlin mascot. track. That's pretty cool looking. I like they that. Got a mascot with, uh, for this? Cool. Jumbotron. Yeah, Berlin is big on mascots. Ever since Berlino so- in 09 got good reviews, they just keep trotting out mascots. It might even be, is that still Berlino? Or does he change every time? Does Berlin just have one track mascot? Maybe. Or do they Wouldn't it be it cool if they just this I mean it's Mercedes Benz Arena. Imagine like a track like that just inside a football stadium. Now the problem is it would be awesome, but also we would need to make sure you fill it because if you don't fill it, then it would be very depressing. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, imagine like just having a track meet right 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 before the Super Bowl kickoff. You know, just put a track on there. Yeah. Know, Twenty minutes before the kickoff, they run a sixty, then they take the mm-hmm. track off, and then they kick off and it's Bengals versus Rams. Well, that's all they had. So when Madison Square Garden hosted Milrose, you know, for a while there were those big crowds, and then the crowds lessened throughout the year. And that's obviously a huge venue. And then you go basically 180 to Armory, where how many seats are in the Armory? It's very compact in that venue. It just gives you a totally different, totally different experience. Like, would you rather run in a smaller capacity stadium that's that feels packed, or do you want this big, grandiose venue that can be empty? I think people obviously want to run in the, the small one where it gets loud and the fans are close. Yeah, that's true. All right. Let's keep going. Keep going. You want to talk about this Pro Bowl 40-yard yes. dash, or do you want to talk about New Balance Indoor? No, let's talk about Pro Bowl. All right. So here we go. They do this fastest man race in the NFL. And Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboy linebacker, he wins it. And I see the headline. And I think, well, who else is in this race? Well, come to find out, Tyreek Hill is in the race. Now, Tyreek Hill is wearing sweats, sweatshirt and sweats. Does not go down for a traditional start. Does a standing start. And basically doesn't try at all. And this bothers me. 
This bothers me as a track fan. This bothers me as a person who likes to see a fair race and hates the whole oh, I wasn't even trying thing. Because if you watch the video, a few meters in, he slips. Now, does he slip because he's not trying at all? Because he's doing a standing start? Or does he trip just because sometimes you trip? I don't know. The point is, he had time to recover. And if you're the NFL's fastest man, quote unquote, and if you're the guy who's out there challenging Usain Bolt and saying your one Super Bowl medal is worth more than 30 Olympic gold medals, then you need to go and win your NFL race. You need to take care of your business and your league. And this bothers me. He took up a spot here and just jogged this thing, Gordon. And I didn't like it at all. And I don't think anybody likes this. That's the thing about professional athletes. There's a lot of pride. He stops. He stops. Well, then don't do it. Then don't do it. Don't show up and do this. No effort. Well, he probably got like 25 grand to be in the race. He's like, hey, we'll give you 25 grand if you just do it. He's like, all right. And then he's like, all right. I don't want to, I don't want to get beat, so I got to show that I didn't try. Yeah, and this is better? Getting rolled by a linebacker? This is better? You no, see he's not, not too thrilled I mean, with it right there either. I mean, he's, he's wearing all the he's clothes. Like doing the, he's doing like a fake limp. Like, like oh, you know, my, my legs are tight. I know, I like, hate why that. Love, watch the fake limp. Ready for the fake limp? Oh, he's like looking down his legs. Oh, oh, yeah, I got a little cramp in my leg. Yeah, and isn't that terrible? Like, don't we hate that just in terms of any race? If this happened I mean, in high school, you'd be like, all right, man, run or don't. Pick one or the I mean, other. Here's the thing. People do this in track and field too, right? They like the yeah, early like season, early season races. Like, oh, I'm just going to like, you know, I mean, Matthew Sensowitz does this. He goes out there and he runs like a 15800. And then. No, but that's because that's he's not months, in shape. No, six stop, months stop, later, stop, 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 he, stop. he runs an 850, stop. 150, stop. 800 in his final. Matt, Matt Sensowitz doesn't show up to the start line wearing sweatpants and, in, and jogs it. He's just not in shape yet. Hill is in shape. He just played a football game last week. He's fine. If I'm Usain Bolt, I'm quote tweeting this all day. That's all I'm doing if I'm Usain Bolt. I'm taking a break from whatever music I'm producing in Jamaica, whatever hit music video I'm featured in, and all I'm doing is posting this video over and over again. Micah Parsons is calling himself the fastest man in the NFL. And you know what? He ran the race and he won the race. Deserves it. Take the time. What do you think Micah. of their uh, marketing calling it the fastest man race? How do you think, you know, Bromel, Coleman, Curly all feel about that? Well, fastest Parsons in his tweet says, I was fastest man in the NFL. So Parsons is smart. He puts the in the NFL part in there. But I like that they're doing it. It's fun. And I... I I agree with you. They probably just wanted Tyreek Hill in it, and he maybe even said, hey, I'm just going to jog for whatever reason. And there's like, still, cool, do it. They didn't want it to be like a dunk contest situation where you get four people who nobody's heard of because the best dunkers don't want to do it. They don't want to get embarrassed. But Tyreek Hill still agreed to do it and then just jogged it. I, just don't, I don't like it, Gordon. I don't like it at all. Well, the big challenge with any NFL skills competition is – all of them are just there to collect a check, and they all just want to go through the motions and not get hurt. They're willing to put not a little bit Parsons. of effort here and there, but like they just don't want to get hurt. Michael Parsons was running for that crown, Gordon. He wanted that title. He, he wanted that tweet. It's Did they even time it? Again. Did they even time it? 
I didn't see a time associated with it. You know, you have you have a guy who's a track guy who every all the track people agree, hey, this guy's not just football fast, this guy's fast fast, and then he goes out there and doesn't even try. It's a bad look. And he was in the best catch challenge. See, hold on, just put this up. Was he running around here? Well, oh, he's jumping off a trampoline. What are we oh, doing? Oh, they turn they make like oh, a it's... dunk competition out of catching. That's kind of cool. What do they do here? Okay, so clearly he's not hurt is what this proves because if you're hurt, you're not jumping off a trampoline. Also, this is kind of lame, I got to say. I don't know. They're trying. They're trying. How can you make how can you make a catch off of a trampoline look cooler than like a regular catch in the NFL? And that wasn't even that great of a catch. He just caught it between his legs. Like Odell Beckham's regular catches look better than this. NFL skills challenge, do better next year. Get people who want to I mean, what was this? Yeah, he's not hurt. Look at him. <laughs> he just didn't want to run the race. He didn't want to do the thing that he's known most for, which is run fast. Didn't want to do it. He was, uh, he did, uh, he was asked on the field uh, about, has anyone ever beaten him in a race? And he said, Adam DeGrasse, which is a person that doesn't exist. But you pointed <laughs> out that yeah. he was confusing Adam Gamelli. And Andre Gross, because they've got beat by both of those guys, and he kind of combined yeah. them as one super guy. So well, and then he, he said the guy looked his like track years. It's crazy. He said the guy looked like Drake too. Who he, he said he raced Adam DeGrasse in Spain, which he he raced Jamili in Spain, but he lost to other people besides Jamili. And then when he raced DeGrasse, it was at Juco in Hutchinson, Kansas. So Hutchinson, Kansas in Spain, I guess, got mixed up in his head. But then he also said, yeah, he, the guy looked like Drake who beat him. Because he's like, have you ever been beaten? He's like, there was this one guy. It's like, no, there were a bunch of guys. A bunch of guys who beat him. Yeah. Juco, 2013, 996 for DeGrasse, 998 for Hill. He's a fast runner. He's fast. No he one's disputing he's fast, which is why I want to see him actually win this race. If you're going to sign up for that fastest man, run the race, put him away. All right. Let's go to track now. Let's talk New Balance Indoor Grand Prix. Race I'm most looking forward to seeing, Gordon. Men's 60 hurdles. You agree? Uh, yeah. I looked at the rest of the fields and I was like, yeah. This is this the is best it. one. That's it. it. Did everybody the... stay in the field? Okay. Because you got to refresh sometimes. Grant Holloway, his debut, world record holder in the 60-meter hurdles. You got Devin Allen. And Daniel Roberts coming off of Milrose, where they went 1-2. That was a very exciting race. And then you have Trey Cunningham, who has the fastest time in the world this year, the collegian who's already run in the 7-4s. Those four guys are going to make up for a fantastic race. Um, and Holloway obviously has to be the big favorite. But this is going to be a tough test for his opener. Because if you had a list of top six, seven, eight hurdlers in the world right now, even top five, based on how they're running right now, you could make an argument for all four of these guys being in the top five. I mean, I know I have on the rankings, I have them all in that top five group right now, these four guys. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a, um, a de facto USA's right here. Look, this is the USA fi final, right? I wouldn't... There's no one else really that's not on this start list that you kind of consider a contender, right? Because mm -hmm. can you think of anyone else that's missing from this race on the American side? I mean, Eaton, Jared Eaton usually runs well indoors and outdoors. He's been, he's been consistent. But I think right now, if you had to say, 
were the favorites to make the team, it would be Holloway, obviously, one. Allen, based on what he did post in, in the Olympics, too, post-Olympics, and then indoors. And then Roberts was just uh, a tick behind. And Cunningham, he'll be f fun to watch this year, too, as he has collegiate eligibility left. But it's not as if we've never seen a collegiate guy run really well at the uh, at the postseason meets at, at, in the pro competition. So, yes, I agree with you. Long way to say yes, I agree with you. I mean, Holloway's going to destroy the field. It's not even a question. He's run 7.2 in. Destroy, okay. So you he's going to destroy everyone. It's really a race for second. And, you know, it's okay because luckily Grant Holloway has a bye to World Indoors. So this pipe, Holloway might not even do USAs. He might skip USAs. So this might be the only opportunity that these Americans have to race Holloway. Because he had he had he might skip USA's just go right to Worlds, so you want to kind of know where you're at against the current goat of the sixty hurdles, which is Holloway. So mm -hmm. gives you a little perspective. You know, you go out there, Milrose, he looks good with that. Trey Cunningham does this little solo thing in Texas Tech that looks good, but then like, all right, what does this look like when I'm going up against Grant Holloway? And you get a little bit of perspective. You're going to mm -hmm. see the perspective of what your time really is. It's wild that Holloway is only one year ahead of Cunningham in terms of when they started college. Holloway started in 17. Cunningham started in 18. It, but if, and Cunningham's still in college. It feels like Grant's been a pro forever. No. Yeah. Or, like he, he stayed through 19, but... 19 worlds, he had signed his contract. Then obviously 20, 21. Now we're in 22. It just and he and he stayed three years in college too. It wasn't like he went pro after his his freshman year. It's just the way things worked with with the COVID year. Um, I think this will be Holloway's toughest test indoors this season. And I predicted Holloway would go undefeated all year indoors out. I think he's gonna break the world record outdoors. I think he's gonna run under twelve eighty a couple times. That's what I said at the beginning of the year. So I I think he will win this race, but I think this is gonna be his toughest race of all indoors, just because these guys all have a race underneath their belt and they're all running really well right now. Yeah, toughest race. If you're trying to go undefeated, I I feel like the toughest race would be the first one because you're like you're like all right, I'm going undefeated. It starts now, and then you kind of can overthink it, right? Yeah, and he's not. This yeah. isn't some rinky-dink college meet where he's gonna go up against like exactly. the tenth best runner in the NCAA. He's going against, you know, the world leader in Cunningham, yeah. the two top guys in the U.S. So it's like he's yeah. going up against some tough competition. And they've already raced, and he hasn't. If it was everybody's debut, it'd be different. But yeah, all things are all things are not equal here. He's gonna have to be sharp here to win this thing because I think. If they can run six four low again, that's not. He can run that. He's obviously run faster than that as a world record holder. But to do that um, on Sunday, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. You look at the list right here. Throw up that all that yearly list: Cunningham, Allen, Roberts. One, two, three. I, Lagarde would be the other guy in the top top five for me right now because you know, like Andrew Pozzi, who runs well indoors, usually he did not have a good final in Karlsruhe, and Martin Lagarde won that race. So I think this. These four are as good as it gets. And to have a field like that indoors is, is rare, which is why I think it's the best race of the entire meet. What other fields stood out to you 
when you look through uh, this race, or this meet, excuse me. I mean, I, I looked through, Travis, is there a field that stood out to you that you can click and I'll talk about? Because I kind of didn't really see that many other races that were that interesting, to be honest. A lot of these... Like promote the smart sport, but like, I was like, a lot of it's a rehash of Melrose, but in a different distance. Um, I guess men's 200, seeing Trayvon in the 200. This is, his, he said this is his uh, indoor season finale. So that'll be fun, I guess. One more Trayvon show. But Eli Hall, man, Eli Hall had a good season opener. I believe he ran like 6.5 at a Houston meet in the 60. Yeah. So Eli Hall might be a sleeper sleeper guy. In this. I mean, it's going to be hard, man. 60 is so good. But yeah. Uh, with Bromel not doing it, right? And you never know what can happen. Elijah Hall could be that sleeper guy to get third at USA's. I mean, here's yeah. him running 6-5 at his home meet in indoor. So yeah. maybe we get something special from Eli Hall. Maybe the Eli Hall of what, what was the year when he went crazy? 2018, 17? 18. 18. Yeah. 18. Yeah. yeah. He went, ran 660 there. That was a, yeah. a wild time. He put himself on the map. He's been kind of injured. He actually qualified for Worlds in the 200, but then mm -hmm. had to pull out because of yeah. injury. So he's, yeah. he has been able to do it against the top in the U.S., but just has never been able to stay healthy enough to do it. Um, so maybe this is his moment. Take down mm -hmm. Trayvon Bromel in a, in a 200 and go from there. He's the second fastest 200-meter runner in indoor history. So mm -hmm. he knows how to do it. Yeah, Bromel 2019 is his PB. Because I was thinking, okay, maybe he'll pick up a PB, but that's a tough one. I mean, 20, 2019 is, is moving on the indoor track. Yeah, they're not yeah, going to Yeah, well, I was saying if they both bring their A game, this could be a real good, a real good rate. You think they're going to go slower? I think it's going to be slow. I, don't th I, don't, I, I think they'll be slower than Bowling Grant. I think they're going to run like 20.3 or 4. I don't mm -hmm. think it'll be fast. Romel's not training to run a fast indoor 200. He's he's training for outdoors, and he's there purely because he's a New Balance athlete. And he's like, all right, I'll do the 200. I'll jog. Mm -hmm. He's he's pulling a Tyree Kill. Romel's gonna pull a Tyree Kill. No, don't, in the 200, don't say that about. People. And he's no, just gonna that's... jog around the track. That's what's no. gonna happen. He's gonna wear he's gonna wear a parka out there, and he's gonna mentally uh, he's gonna have the same for... mindset that. No, Tyreek Hill had in that. He's gonna in try. He's gonna try. Time. He's gonna try. But you're right. He's not training specifically for this event. So there's a difference between this and how he would treat a 60. All right. I want to give you. Would you take this four runner distance parlay? Okay. Ready for this? Ooh, I love this. Yes, more of this. All I right. The four runner. What is it? So you get Perrier Saint Pierre in the three thousand. Okay. You get in the mile. You Give get. Me. Beamish or Colby Alexander. I'll let you, I'll let you pick. And then in the, uh, women's 1500, you get, wait, did Josette Norris? She's not there anymore. Okay. never mind. That's not part of the parlay. She was there before. She's no longer there. Where is the men's 3000? Let's see. Men's 3000. In the men's 3000, you get, oh man, who do you get in the men's 3000? Grijalva? Jake yeah, Whiteman. All right, oh, maybe it's just a two race. Maybe it's just a two race parlay. You get you get Perrier Saint Pierre, and then you get Beamish. What do you think? 
Yeah, I'll take that. I'm just thinking this rate, this meet, if it would have happened like next weekend, I feel like it would have been bigger. Like I feel like more people would have went all in. But I think everyone is just coming off the the high of Milrose, and they they're mm-hmm. all none of them want to do a back to back. Oh, hold on. Josette Norris is in the three thousand. Josette Norris is in the three thousand. So the three thousand's way more competitive because it's got Ooh, uh, you got here? Stafford in there too. That's a good race. That's a good. Josette race. Norris, Saint Pierre, or Stafford. What's I'm going to go with Per. I'm going Per or Saint Pierre, and then I'll get Norris, and then I'll go with Debut Stafford in that order. This should be well for Per or Saint Pierre. It's a wheelhouse distance. Actually, all three of them, three K should be a a good spot for them to be. We talked about Norris debating between the 15 and the five. Well, here's a 3000 for you. I thought she was in the mile. Was she not in the mile? I messed that up. I'm going for, for the women's three. Go. I'm going for the upset. Let's take it. Let's go all in. She's plus 300 to win it. We're going <laughs> with Josette Norris to win the women's three, 3000 over St. Pierre. Yeah. Why not? She, I think this is the... She, she needs to take. She needs a marquee victory in her indoor season. She deserves it after her her crazy rise to what she is now. She's yeah. got to have some. She's got to cash out some at some point, and this is gonna be a cash out moment. So I'm gonna take her for the win. I think that's the second best race after the men's high hurdles. The women's, the women's three. Then you have some races like the women's sixty. I'd expect Aaliyah Hobbs to keep rolling. The men's eight hundred. I'd expect Bryce Hopple to keep rolling. You have those people who we just saw them win. And it's only a week later, and then the feet. There's no new addition of somebody clearly better. So you're thinking, all right, this, this, this athlete can extend their win streak for another another race. Will Sumner's in the eight hundred. Is he is he a high school kid, Travis? I'm guessing. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a high school Will kid. Sumner. Yeah, he's fast. I think they said he was targeting the high school record. record. He's a Georgia commit. He's from Georgia. Georgia. PB is what's he run indoors or out one fifty two? Hold on, outdoors. Why is he going to Georgia? Travis, give us the stats on this on this guy. We need we need the, we need your mile split expertise. So one forty seven is the record from Josh Hoey. And Subner's going for it. What did he run? What's he run recently? Why do we, what's the, um, let's see, 20, 22 indoors. Oh, he's run some 200s. Interesting. 115, 47, 47, six in the quarter. I mean, he ran a 152, but that was on New Year's Eve last year. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's got some versatility. Good. Yeah. A little bit of a, a thing mo situation here, right? So he has the national records in the 500 and the 600. He's trying mm-hmm. to move up the ladder at the five, six, and eight, all in the same season. That would be pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think he's gonna run 147 though. I feel like he's gonna go out there and run like 149. You know, we got burnt on our high school record predictions last week. Yeah, we're not gonna let that happen again. All right, let's see. What else? Hold on, one more. There's got to be one more here. Women's 60, we already talked about briefly. Women's 300, Gabby Thomas and Shanti Jackson. I'm assuming Shanti Jackson will run very fast. Men's men's 60, Ronnie Baker, Noah Lyles, Mike Rogers, Omar McLeod. That should be a Ronnie Baker. That should be a Ronnie Baker win there. But I'm interested in Lyles, of course. 
Oh, Ronnie Baker's at the Adidas now too. You see that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, announced that yesterday. So I got a question for okay. you. Yeah. I got a question for you. I'm, I have a new, I'm putting up a new thing on my wall. I'm taking down these Sixers things and I'm gonna put up this whiteboard mm. behind me. So what should I write on it? What should, what should be the thing that's behind me all the time? What should I, should I let the Gordon's goons decide what I put on my whiteboard? What am I gonna it put on my be... whiteboard? Aren't you, did, aren't you gonna put Norris plus 300? Is that your pick? Yeah, I'll put my picks here. Okay. Norris. <laughs> write it bigger. Plus 300. Can't see it. You see it. Norris plus 300. What else? What, other, what are my other picks? Uh, are you going Beamish or are you going? I'm doing Beamish. Or Alexander. All right, Beamish. I'm, uh, I'm doing, what is it? 652 for, for Jacobs. Uh, Jacobs. Yeah. And what else? Holloway versus the field. Give me the top four for that men's high hurdles. Top four, Holloway. And then I think I think uh Allen gets second. Okay. And then I go with Cunningham, then Roberts. Then Rob. So I, I, like I got my picks. got my picks and then we'll erase it. But yeah, I'm gonna put this behind. You gotta me. keep it. This will Keep it there for Monday, and then that way okay. we'll never forget them. Yeah, and then Monday you get a new, you can erase it and then start anew. Okay, cool. Whiteboard wisdom, hookah. board and max. This is the, yes, this is the Hoka board. Does it? Is this? Or should we sell? No, wait. We already got the Hoka sponsorship. We get. We should sell just the whiteboard. You know, we gotta be like a NASCAR company where you sell every little part of your body. We gotta yeah, sell the yeah, whiteboard. Yeah. Every right. pick. so, if you guys wanna, if there's any listeners out there who wanna. Throw a few bucks at me and Kevin. You can sponsor this whiteboard. So Norris in the 3,000, Beamish, 652 for Jacobs, and then you're going Holloway, um, Allen, Cunningham, Roberts. What's the segment we used to do? Gordon's what? Gordon's Guesses. Yeah, this is just Gordon's, Gordon's guesses. guesses board. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Okay. Um, see what else do we have left here oh arkansas is running the pen relays announced the men's and women's so we'll go to the go to go to some college news here too um so obviously arkansas women very balanced squad this year sprints distance they always have some good field event athletes too so the women will be there and the arkansas men will be there just adding to the long list of teams that have announced for the pen relays or will be announcing coming up soon remember that's at the end of april live on flow track where gordon mack himself will be there yeah it's cool that arkansas is coming back arkansas had a big tradition of coming to the pen relays throughout mm -hmm. the years they ha they've won a lot of wheels um they've had obviously great distance squads even and some great sprint squads and the fact that both the yeah. men and women's teams are coming it shows that the pen relays is back right there was a little bit of a lot mm -hmm. obviously we had the hiatus with covid and there was a little yeah. bit of time when some of the schools stopped coming up to pen relays, but the fact that bigger schools are starting to come back, it shows that like, hey, pen relays is the place to be. It's a place to get a wheel. It's a place to kind of test your squad against other elite teams in the nation and not just your conference opponents, but teams from all yeah. over the country. So I'm excited to see what the Arkansas 
four by eight does for the DMRs, mm-hmm. four by miles, like four by fifteens. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, women's team right now fastest DMR indoors. Exactly. So, and they got they have a lot of, a lot of depth there as well too. So again, that's end of April. We get to outdoor season live on Flow Track. Other big NCAA news that's rocking Gordon's rankings. Tyra Gittens, formerly of Texas A&M, has signed with the University of Texas. She does a little bit of everything. Multi-event athlete, also does some individual jumps as well, too. I reached out to Texas trying to figure out, hey, does, is she eligible like now? Like, Can she compete indoors? Have not heard back yet. But this is big news regardless, Gordon, when you look at the overall landscape of the team race. because. She brings a lot of points with her. She is a Swiss Army knife, can do a bunch of things, and is going to be a big boom to to the Longhorns. And Longhorns already are pretty stacked when you when you look at the sprints and all the points that they can accumulate. So just to give a perspective, before before the the rankings came out on Monday, Florida mm-hmm. was projected to score ninety six points and Texas forty two, which is a yeah. difference of 54 points. No way in hell Texas is going to close that 54-point gap. That's just not possible. Even if everyone has the mm-hmm. best day of their life, you're not closing a 54-point gap. So it was 96 to 42. Now that Tyra Gittens is competing for, for, uh, for Texas, who is mm-hmm. the best heptathlete. She's a great high jumper. She's a great long jumper. Yeah. Now it's Florida 89 and Texas, 70. So now okay. it's only a 19-point gap. It went from a 54-point gap to a 19-point gap with the transfer of one individual. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's exciting because now Florida's going to have a team that pushes them, right? Because Texas is going to be right on their heels. So it's going to well, force Florida to be like, every point matters. Like, 70 is not enough. We need to get to 80. We need to get to 90. We need to get to 100. And for outdoors as well, too. Correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's mean, not, I haven't not as if she's outdoors, not, but yeah. Yeah, it's not as if she's going to score fewer points outdoors. Although she's good in heptathlon, high jump, long jump, boom, boom, boom. Um, so it's, it's interesting. We're trying to figure out if she's entered. She's competing. She's competing in Camel City. Okay. Yeah, she's entered. So she I mean, is, she's competing indoors because yeah. she's well, it's just it, as an indoor competitor. Yeah, but it's just it's mid-season and she got announced. So I thought it was a valid question to ask. Hey, is she going to compete indoors or is she going to wait till outdoors? You know, this is sort of the reverse of what we saw a couple of years ago, where athletes were going pro to like a month into indoor season. Now we have athletes announcing transfers partway through indoor season. I mean, she wasn't. Um, it's not like she was competing for A&M in the indoor season. She just wasn't competing, and that's why you didn't have her listed anywhere. But, all right, yeah, this is exciting. So that drops the gap to less than 20 points. And you, we had just last episode, Florida's this all-time team. Florida can break the points record. Now it's like, wow, a couple things break differently. Maybe it's Texas. Yeah. I mean, right now we're going to have two teams who could score over 70 points. That's insane. It's also insane that Florida could score over 100, and now it's insane that two teams can score over 70. It's like, yeah, no matter what, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. No, it's uh, – can you think of anybody else in the NCAA right now who could have that type of sway on the team race? 
I can't. I mean, bowling, if bowling were to transfer, but not even. Because bowling is not as much of a sure thing because of the event he's in. It's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot more sure things in field events than there are in sprint events. Yeah. Because it, the margin of difference. Like, if you're just, if you're Jasmine Moore, like, you're, you can run backwards and get second, you know? Like, yeah. there's not like a, you have six attempts to, to win it. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I mean, if, uh, the Yared and the Goose were to transfer. I'm sure that would help out a bunch of teams, like a, one of the top distance guys, right? Yeah. The, the Fathanis Kyoko transferred to Oregon. I'm sure they would enjoy that. <laughs> right. Well, on the men's side, it's different because they're so close that five points yeah. can carry a team from sixth to first. On the women's side of things, it's just a lot more spread out, and you have this one power in Florida. I think – you know, I picked at the beginning of the year, I said A&M women outdoors. I wasn't picking indoors. Outdoors would have a good chance. And obviously now that's out the window because yeah. a big reason for that was Gittins. Um, so it, it just dramatically shapes the, the team race. And individually, obviously, those events just become a lot more competitive because she can score in three of them. I mean, she's what, the favorite in one of them and would you say co-favorite in the other two, basically? Where do you yeah, have Say it again. Like where do you have her in the in the long jump or the high jump? Where do you have her? I have her like winning like two of the three. I have her scoring like over. She scored twenty four points last indoor. I have her scoring twenty four to thirty points this indoor. So, so you you added her already or no? You haven't added her. Yet. I added her already, but not on the website. I added her on my desktop Ooh. that will update uh, on Monday. Right. Travis, share Gordon's desktop. Go into his yeah, computer. No, no, no. <laughs> Wait, so you have her th winning the high jump and third in the long jump? Is that what you said? I'll tell you. Man, you're, you're, you're getting on me right here. Okay, text. I have her oh. winning the high jump. She's jumped 195. I have her winning yeah, the high I'm jump. I have her winning the pentathlon because she's, she's done 4,746 points. Yeah. Next best is 4,500. And then uh, long jump. I have her winning the long jump because she has the best long jump. So I have her scoring 30 points. I have okay, a winning well, that'll do it. That'll do it. That'll win you the Bowerman. That will win it, yeah. So. Didn't get it last year. Playing Mo got it. Okay. Texas and Texas A&M, yeah. I think they do a dual meet outdoors. So it's going to be – should we change yeah. it to the, the Tyra Gittins, Gittins um, breakup resolution? You know, it's like – she she left her think, Texas A and M for Texas, and now they're kind of settling it on the track. All right, who 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 wins this relationship, Texas or Texas A and M? I just think it's crazy. She's gonna you have her in for four, thirty points, and it's not that outlandish of a prediction. I mean, she has the best mark in all three. Yeah, if she went to Florida, by, I think they get over a hundred points. I just did the calculation in my head. If she went to Florida, they would score like one hundred and thirty <laughs> points. It would be nuts. Yeah. Ooh, All right. Grant Holloway was oh. trying to recruit her to Florida. Gave her a stack, but why not join him? Be like LeBron in the Miami Heat. It would have been like LeBron in the Miami Heat if she were to go yeah. there. Just the amount of multi-event athletes they would have, the field events. They could win it with just the field event. Field event and multi yeah. They wouldn't even have They could enter else. as four different teams and win it and just sweep the podium with four <laughs> different Florida teams. Yeah. Florida one, all four Gators two. Yeah. 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 Florida one, Gators two. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. 
And if you're just looking at it from the perspective of what's going to make the meat more interesting, this would have been the move. Because yeah. she goes to a team that already has a lot of points. And then you're like, all right, well, add in those 30. Florida's still the favorite, but Texas tightening things. Yeah. And I'm sure Florida knew, like, probably Florida had an idea of, okay, where's this person going? And they picked up transfers too. So, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses. All right. Um, that's the whole, I think that's all. Uh, we've got questions. We got a couple minutes. Put, throw them in the chat. Um, Tampico says, who else? I think he meant who else besides Jacobs in, in Berlin? We could pull up the start list again if Travis is there. I don't know if he's still here. For the for the Berlin meet that's starting now or soon, it's live now. It's live now. Yeah, it's live now. Let's click it up. Let's open up the live screen. Click. Yeah, here we go. Look at this. All right. Oh, that oh, will resume shortly. Here we go. It's, it's on commercial. It's on commercial. So on you commercial. But yeah, let's look at that schedule. Can we scroll on just to the schedule to see? Because as Gordon mentioned, it's a. Uh, it's just sixty. It's just flats, and then you got long jump. Mahambo is is out there. As well, pole vault is Mondo in this one, or is he in? Is he in the next World Indoor Tour? I'm losing track of my Mondo. Um, my Mondo schedule. He needs to put out an Instagram graphic like Jacobs did to figure it out. Uh, let me look it up. But yeah, it's interesting. When I was scrolling through it, I was like, oh wait, this is just a sprint hurdles. There's no. There's no curves. This is a meet without curves. A little different. Let me look at these entries. Here we go. Do, 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 do. There we go. There we go. Gordon, talk us through this. I'm, I'm, what am I? Casey Lightfoot's there. That's, he's a good pole vaulter. Um, Mono's not that. Okay. Who, All right. Who's in the 60? We already talked Hurdles. about this. Yeah. It, it's Lamont Jacobs. Well, he asked uh, for more. He asked, for, he asked for more. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I don't want to. He's a member, sorry. right? He's, is this, I apologize. Yeah, this is one of your guys. This is a Gordon's goon. This is how you're I apologize. I'm apologizing right uh, now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. 60 hurdles are pretty good, though. I mean, Megan Tapper, Jamaica's uh, pretty solid. Uh, Roller, obviously good. Germany, Shriek and Elvis is in there. Um. 60 hurdles, men. I mean, it's good, but the yeah, Mondo's here. Why? Why are you making me feel crazy, Gordon? Mondo's there. Okay. Uh, you but you're like Casey Lightfoot's there. It's like Mondo's there. That's the that's the answer to that question. <laughs> Mondo's there. Um, did you know there? Casey Lightfoot and Mondo Duplantis were born one day apart. That's crazy. See, did not know that. Did not know that. All right. Um, one day apart. Patrick. Patrick says, did Kerr lose all credibility as a podcaster after last week? What do you think? No. But if he does it again, maybe. Yeah. Puts up look a, at the guys. I'm, look at the, I'm kidding. Kerr's, look Kerr's at the guys fun. who Kerr's have podcasts. Look at the guys who have podcasts and how well they've been running. Kerr. Then you got uh, Whore, Beamish, McDonald with their pod. I don't know. Is Grant Fisher still potting? I'm not sure, but he started one and then he got really good. You have a pretty strong record of uh, creating a running podcast in the last year and being fast. 
Yeah. Well, we'll find out if potting is connected to athletic ability by the end of this year if I'm dunking a basketball. That's the true litmus test if the podcast raises your athletic game. Oh, yeah. Can we send that video? Can we post that? No, we're not posting that video. Today? We'll wait till I get two videos in, and then you can see the improvement from no, January no, to February. No. I've seen the video, folks. I've seen the video. <laughs> I, should, I should have sent it to myself when you gave me your phone. Yeah. I'm gonna. I can convince Colt to figure uh, next week. We got to get my a, account. Yeah, it Hold wasn't good. What did, it, Fenton, it wasn't... what did Fenton? What did Fenton say on this? Hold on. Glad you have a plan. What's the plan to actually do? <laughs> That's a great lie. Glad you have a plan to train. What's the plan to actually dunk? Wow. Yeah. He's like, it's a good thing you're exercising again, son. But why, how are you actually going to jump? You know, it's basically what he's yeah. I, when I saw the video, I'll tell, I'll give people a little insight. I'm not going to say what happened. I'll, I will say one thing. Gordon did not dunk in this video. Well, yeah, no, um, that's a known. Obviously I'm not I'm trying to do something I can't do yet, you know? So. But one thing I noticed with it is I, I do think the high jump technique is going to help you. Cause I don't feel like you fully loaded your, your, your quads and, and hamstrings properly. You didn't get, you didn't get the full, the full range of motion that you needed. So. Yeah, I didn't bend my knees too TB, much. TBD. Yeah, yeah. It was more just like running and getting a little bit of lift off. Uh, Bill says, Kerr loves to throw shade on American mid-distance. I look forward to the day that Hawker beats him. Yeah, do you see the – there was that quote that Kerr said. He talked to like Ollie Hoare and said like they need to keep pushing the pace because if you're you know comp- racing in America, they'll get soft. <laughs> Here's the thing. He is not wrong. Kerr's is 1,000% right. correct that – Yeah. American mid-distance runners don't push the pace. They all are like, there's been so, I mean, there's been so many times there's been a race where it's like, this is it. We got every, all the best milers in this 1500 and they're running in California. And then the winning time is 3:38 because no one ever wants to run the third lap. It's all, there are so many times where we, it's, it's a big reason why, the 1500 always doesn't have a lot of people with the standard, right? We're always like going into yeah. an Olympic trials with like Jordan McNamara has to push the pace to try to make it a yeah. standard race. So Will Lear can get the standard or whatever. And that's all happening yeah. because these athletes in the regular season, they don't try to run 335 or 334 or 333. They're like, I'm a 337 and I'm just going to keep running 337s with a 25 second last 200. And it's like, well, it's great you have a good 200 at the end, but like, we need to make 333 the new normal, not 338, 337. But it's weird that it broke down that way along country lines because Kerr went to college in the U.S. Hoare went to college in the U.S. Justin Knight went to college in the U.S., right? And that race last year at Mount Sac, I think it was Mount Sac, when Hoare took off, like Knight's the only one. Who goes with them like why is this just an american thing like a lot these guys their racing careers their big racing careers have primarily been in the united states against u.s competition like their biggest races but they're you're right maybe it is just the obsession with the standard or maybe it is just they grow up thinking i have the best kick which every mother thinks but i'm sure if you ask whore and kerr like they're confident in their kick too they just want to make it a 1500 meter race you know, Timothy Chariot's confident in his kick, I'm sure, as he should be. Inga Britson, McSwain, these guys are all confident in their kick, but they want to run the whole race. They don't want it to be 
a jog in the beginning or they don't want to have that second or third lap slowdown. So I, yeah, he is right when he says that like people are like, and he, and he laughs cause he's, he's good natured about it. He likes to give a little bit of uh give a little bit of grief to them when he can, but it's a hundred percent accurate. Like you go and you watch just even the last, just take from the pandemic races on. If you just have a compilation video, that's all it is. Those guys are just going for it every single race. And then the rest of the field isn't reacting. Now you could say, hey, maybe they're just on another level than the American. Like they're capable of running 332 and there's fewer people in the United States who are able to do it. Okay. But it over the course of time, you'd think there'd be somebody who'd at least attempt it more. I mean, you saw Colby Alexander try to go for it. Almost caught Kerr at Milrose. But there needs to be more people taking shots at it. But yeah, Kerr's 100% right. Yeah, I mean... It's kind of giving me vibes of like men's marathoning, right? The women go for it, but the men don't. The men are like yeah. content with the two hundred, the two hundred nine, two ten crew, yeah. and it's like, yeah. hey, I feel like you guys are talented. You guys put in all the work. You have the mm. the best training facilities and work ethic and nutrition, all that stuff. Let's start running some two hundred sevens and two hundred sixes and two hundred fives, because like three hundred Japanese athletes can do it. Maybe I'm exaggerating the number, but like, it's not just like, Maybe. oh, only East Maybe. Africans can run that fast. But there, there's yeah. a lot of other people who aren't East African who can run fast marathons, you know? And mm -hmm. there's normal, there's, there's good old USA American women who are running fast times. So it's not like an American thing either well, because you just see Sarah American Hall women, and yeah. Kira D'Amato yeah. go out there and break an American record, so. Well, going back to the 1500, American women go for it too, as well. Yeah. So it's like weird. It's just like this weird subset of like just the the American men. And if, but if you go to college in the United States from another place, you're not impacted by this. So it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Maybe that'll start to start to shift. Um, yeah. I know you talked to Eric Avila about this about like a year ago. as to like why they're not pushing the pace. And, you know, he admits it. it's like, it takes a little bit extra. You throw that clip up there, Alon, or throw that uh, you, shot of our YouTube page up there. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, it takes, takes some balls. It ta he said it takes some balls. Yeah. And yeah, there's a risk involved in it. It just seems like non-US people are way more willing to, to take the risk. Maybe everybody thinks they're Leo and Centro. And that's part of it yeah. too. They saw Leo, Leo and Centro, but you're not. Those guys are rare. That's it. The only That's person who I feel like the American who had a chance to to be that person to push the pace was, even though I'm not right, remember this person, Christian Serratos. Do you remember him from Montana yeah. State? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And the reason why is because he was one of the first people to be like, I'm gonna beat Chez. I'm gonna I'm gonna go from the gun and try to beat Chez at his own game and just like I'm not going to dilly-dally around the mile. Like, I'm going all out. We're going 156 through the first 800. And, you know, sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. And that's what's going to I mean, – and then that's what Kerr did too. Didn't Kerr try to go all out on Chez in a mile? He ran a past mile? Yeah. Yep. Kerr also yep, did yep, some yep. – he also jogged a mile because of the DMR. I remember he had a little – he had a situation there where he, like – he was in the, entered in the DMR and they didn't, he knew they weren't going to win. So he ran like a 430 mile on the anchor leg of a DMR. 
to save his legs for the actual mile. But that's whatever. yeah. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the within current, the race. Yeah, we're we're talking about within the race how you're approaching the race itself. And yeah, they're just a lot more aggressive when it comes to yeah. racing. And they run the fifteen hundred is the one event I would say where the style with which you pursue it has a huge impact on the outcome because there are people who can close really, really fast, but those people may not be able to hang with a 331, 332 pace. And then the flip side is true. 800, you pretty much know what you're going to get. There's some variations. Yes. 400, 200, everything shorter than that. Obviously a lot more straightforward and everything longer. It usually has, you have the opportunity to, to sort out and have the cream rise to the top. But that's not the case in the, in the 15. It's at that perfect length where a lot of tactics are in play. And now everybody, it's not as if Kerr and Hoare are on an island. They're part of a larger group now. So anybody who's not running like that is just going to get left behind. And they can still run well, but they're not going to be in the hunt for the medals just because they're going to be so far back. Unless you have the random tactical race pop up at the right time. Yeah. Josh Kerr was right. Josh Kerr is right. That's, that's how we end this pod. Like, subscribe, listen to us on all the platforms, Spotify, mm -hmm. Apple Music, wherever else we put it. I don't know where we put our – we put it wherever you got it. It's on your phone. Just listen to it on your phone. Yeah, there you go. Let's do wherever you want to. And YouTube. Uh, if not – yeah, or email Gordon if you don't know how to find it. He'll tell you personally. Yeah. I'll just, uh, I'll just recite the pod in real time. I'll call you and just say the pod back to you. That's like the exclusive member. That's like the $10,000 a month membership. I will call you yeah, and I'll just recite the pod word for word. And I'll do your voice, impersonate your voice too. Thanks to Hoka for sponsoring. Hoka.com. Hoka, faster forward. We'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend.